0: Digital technologies have all but kept the world running through the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's not just technology per se. Outstanding leadership and trusted partnerships enable cities and organizations to pivot quickly to meet big challenges with digital innovations. Take Torin Italy. In the center of the pandemic earlier this year, Torin needed to react quickly to keep its government functioning and its people safe. So Mayor Chiara Appendino built on her partnership with Cisco's Country Digital Acceleration Program, which had been helping to reimagine Turin since 2016. And after only four short days, it enabled more than 40% of the city's workforce to shelter at home, while keeping vital city services functioning. This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco TechBeat. To get a better sense of how Turin coped with the pandemic, I spoke with the technology analyst, Rob Enderley who has studied and written about Turin's response, and also with Dr. Guy Dietrich, Global Innovation Officer for Cisco and leader of the company's Country Digital Acceleration Program, or CDA. Also from CDA, we've included additional insights from Agostino Santoni, the Country Manager for Cisco Italy. Together they describe a partnership that has enabled fast innovation and rapid response in Turin, along with some best practices that the rest of the world can follow through this challenging new reality. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So thank you, Rob and Guy. It's great to have you together today. Rob, let's start with you. What is it about Tour in Italy that caught your interest during this current crisis that
1: we're in? What made this different is typically when you have a vendor coming into a situation like working with a city or a, even a large company, the vendor comes in and they're focused on moving whatever products are in oversupply whatever the sales force is being compensated to move it's it's very product oriented what made this different is cisco came in and they formed a relationship with turin that they became a a valued advisor and it was less about moving product and more about understanding turin's problems and finding a way collectively to solve them and and let's be clear that turin Uh, leadership, uh, the mayor in particular, uh, really wanted to make Turin a showcase, not just of technology, but how to correctly apply that technology to benefit the municipality. And so the end result was as as we rolled, as they rolled into this COVID-19 event, um, they had a partner in Cisco that was there not to push product or or raise margins or, or make commissions, they had a partner that was interested in making Turin successful, making this joint showcase uh, beneficial for Turin and Cisco collectively. It, it wasn't the, the case of trying to move product. It was the case of you know trying to create a, a better solution for Turin. And the end result was is that they were able to pivot with Cisco very rapidly um, to the post COVID nineteen world and. And it was—it became a, a showcase for how technology should be applied, not, te- uh, not a showcase for how technology should be falsely sold.
0: And Guy, maybe you could add your own background on how uh, CDA um, became engaged in the partnership. What was the goal, and how were you able to get support from the Italian government?
2: So um, you know, Italy, as a country, was a very, very early CDA country. And, and Country Digital Acceleration, or CDA, is Cisco's program that uh, allows us to partner with countries at the highest levels of government uh, and help them execute their national digital agendas. And uh, one of the, uh, uh, one of our country leaders, Agustina Santoni. Uh, took this on uh, in Italy and has really become uh, the highest standard of implementation that we have around the world. Uh, one of the relationships that he developed through the CDA program was with uh, the mayor of Turin uh, and, and that, that, uh, that particular city. Um, it's a very high trust relationship.
0: In a separate conversation, Augustino Santoni of Cisco, Italy, spoke about Cisco CDA's support for turning a Turin Convention Center into a field hospital in a matter of days.
3: The region and the city, together with the Ministry of Health, decided to create in a convention place a, a new hospital. The role of Cisco was to create the network, the security, and the uh, collaboration yeah. aspect. We were connected and we were helping the people from in the field uh, to make sure that the network, the security, and the collaboration platforms we have donated were properly installed uh, because of the of, the, of the creation of the new hospital. The, the time was 14 days and three hours. And, and, and again, the, it was a team effort. This is the Cisco contribution, but you can imagine... The kind of efforts to make it in such short amount of time. That's the benefit of the CDA program because we are, we built a platform of mayors, president of regions, executive in the country, and we have created a great program called Digital Solidarity. This is the partnership with the Italian government where we offer. Uh, our Webex platform, our security platform, together with our partners to over 1,000 small, medium businesses, our technology, but above of this, our support. Speed and, and the idea to create all this platform was, I mean, it was remarkable. I, I mean, I cannot say it, but the feedback I got from the mayor, from the minister of Education, from our ecosystem, The the feedback was, hey, guys, you were extremely fast. And we said, yes, of course. It's part of our Cisco culture. It's the way we see partnership. And, And I'm very proud for this.
0: And back to our conversation with Guy and Rob. Guy had some additional thoughts on the role of trust in Turin's success.
2: Uh, One of the things that we've realized over the last five years of implementing this program around the world, now in 35 countries around the world, uh, is that um, uh, it isn't just data that's the new currency in the digital age, it's also trust. Trust is the new currency of the digital age. And that was absolutely demonstrated in this case. Because when it came time, as Rob referenced, when it came time uh, for Turin um, to figure out how they go uh, and and run their city council meetings, um, how they connect the people, um, how they run their response to COVID, uh, they realized that Cisco being a long-term trusted partner was gonna be there and was gonna be there for the right reasons. And uh, it, we, they were able to respond very quickly. In days, they were able to transition and remain very effective as a government.
0: The cities, the organizations, the companies that are most digitally transformed seem to be, if not thriving, at least maintaining continuity the best through this. And that's certainly certainly the case here, isn't it?
2: It absolutely is. I mean, it. it, um, it What cities are interested in right now is doing what's best for their citizens. And that has always been the orientation, as Rob referenced, that's always been the orientation of this CDA program for the last five years. Um, It is it's not about just pushing Cisco equipment. It's not just about um, uh, Cisco coming in and being all things to all people, because in all fairness, we're not. When you're taking on something as complicated as digitizing a city or a country, you need partners. And that's where we're a little bit different. We look to our large partner organizations, 60,000 companies around the world, to come in and help us to fill the gaps that Cisco can't fill with our products and services. And that orientation is built off of focusing on the outcome for that city, for that citizenry, for that country, and working backwards and building the solution from there.
0: Partnerships like that get very complicated. You have an ecosystem that spans public and private sector, different types of organizations, different types of expertise. That can get very complicated to, to manage, can it?
2: Rob, do you want to uh, uh, share some thoughts there?
1: Sure, I could. Uh, so p- part of it is is you really have to spend the time to understand the company, the country, the city, wherever the engagement is, it requires an awful lot of homework because we talk a lot about digital transformation, but digital transformation is an industry term. Uh, When a CIO gets up in the morning, their their primary goal isn't to digitally transform anything. Uh, They're trying to solve problems. And if you don't first understand what those problems are and what the priorities are, you you as a vendor aren't going to be very good at, at meeting those requirements. And that's why so often while I review a digital transformation effort, I find massive amounts of, of failures. And it's because folks just simply lost track of what the goal was. And what made this different is clearly going into this, both Cisco and the mayor of Turn and vice mayor, all, all, um, all parties, were, were focused on trying to solve a problem, a, a fundamental belief that technology could make things better, needed to make things better, and and they knew they were going to be measured on that betterness, if you would, the improvements. And so by focusing on discovering the problem, focusing the efforts on solving the problem from the customer standpoint, the city standpoint in this case, they were able to create a solution that was a true solution. It, was, it wasn't it was just to, to drive revenue. It was to make the lives of the citizens of turn better, and, and they were able to accomplish that. And it's one of the things I think often gets forgotten is there's a goal to this stuff. You are installing the technology to accomplish something, and that something isn't stopped at installing the technology. And that means that every process is iterative. You you keep going until those goals are accomplished, and you can only do that if you tightly partner, if you listen, and and if and if you actually execute against that goal and measure against the goal. And that's and that's what they did here. And everybody on both sides seemed to be very focused on solving those problems. And the end result was this has become a showcase of how this kind of thing is done.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point because it, it can, you can get into a syndrome where you're implementing technology for technology's sake without really thinking about why you're doing it or what the ultimate outcomes are for. And just to add to that, this city and the rest of the world, along with it, was thrust into such an abrupt change. What were some of the biggest challenges in in the past couple of months that they had to meet? And how did the technology support that?
2: When you have this sort of crisis situation, uh, and all of a sudden people go, especially in a town like Turin or a country like Italy, where uh, being around one another and community and family are part of the fabric of of the nationality of the nation's people, when all of a sudden that's abruptly stopped and you're told to, to stay in place and mobility is cut off completely, the thing that they have to find a way to do very quickly is to communicate to as best they can create that sense of virtual community. Uh, so that families can talk to one another, so that government can respond in a very timely and informed fashion to the needs of the people. So the government doesn't just stop the services and the communication don't just come to an end, they just take another form. And that's what was so great about the mayor and the vice mayor and their strategy. Uh, they did all of this in four days. And one of the projects, just to give you a, an example, One of the projects that they prioritized was making sure that patients in nursing homes, the elderly, could immediately contact their families and let them know that they're okay and and have conversations with them. So we set up the technologies, the the collaboration units in these nursing homes, and and it helped uh, dispel the fear around the disease. Uh, It helped Um, uh, quell the fears around not having regular contact that they were used to. We did the same thing just outside of Turin and and, and just outside of Milan, rather, um, with a prison, the Belate prison. Um, You know, they were nervous about how the prisoners were going to respond to being locked down with, with COVID lurking. And we were able to get those those prisoners in contact with their families, and it had a calming influence. So to Rob's point, it's looking at the outcome. What does the mayor want to do? And then working backwards from that and using technology to meet that outcome, which is exactly what happened in this case.
1: One other story the mayor told that I think really stuck with me is that their commissioners had to be able to work from home as well. And if you can imagine commissioners in a, in a city uh, tend to be older, uh, they're, they're, they often have staff, uh, that they, they don't have to interact with technology very much. And, and this guy, now that he's home and had to work, he thought he was gonna have to have an IT staff set him up. Uh, he was gonna have to have somebody operate the, the, uh, the equipment. Uh, he was anything but a major supporter of this effort. But in a few, few minutes, I guess, they were able to showcase how easy the technology was to use. He was able to, to, to come up, be productive and functioning in a, in a very short period of time. And now he's an advocate for the technology. He took a guy that was basically a Luddite and turned him into a technology ad, advocate. That's the way technology should work. It should make life easier.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because there's been so much culture change to, along with the technology change that, that's happened in recent weeks. And it's, it's really like enforced, abrupt culture change in, in a very short time as well.
1: Well, if you look at a macro level, this is, I mean, clearly it wasn't just turn. We, we've taken millions of people and companies that have a firm belief that the only way you could manage people was would be if they were in the same room or building with you and completely mm-hmm. spun that around the other way and now sent all these people out into the world and said, okay, now we're going to manage you Wherever you are, you're, we're going to have to set up communications. We're going to have to do all. We're monitoring. We're we're going to have to. We're going to do things we really weren't thinking about before, and we, we we really didn't like. I mean, before this event, video conferencing was relatively rarely used. Most most time, people got on planes and they flew to meetings. Suddenly, planes are empty, and, and people are are, are, are are communicating via video conferencing. And the, and to be able to do that in a matter of days, as opposed to weeks and months is pretty amazing in and of itself. And yet that was the execution that we had in Italy.
2: And importantly, the the reason um, that we were able to pivot so quickly in Turin and elsewhere uh, is because we have invested five years in building a trusting relationship. So there was no uh, second guessing motive. There was no, a question about what we were trying to achieve—that we were on the same page with the government officials—and so the the uh, partnership uh, was instantaneous in this new COVID world, and and I think that that was a great advantage for for the city of Turin and and for many of our 35 CDA countries around the world. You know, we have now. For 700 CDA projects that have been funded, uh, completed or are in process. And uh, 70 of those, 70 of those are COVID related projects that have been uh, proposed, vetted, funded and started in 10 days. That's the speed of
1: agility and the speed of having a program like CDA. Yeah, when you're engaged with a company and you're engaged deeply, it's almost like you're a department in the firm, or or in this case, in the government. And the end result is you can work as a team as opposed to being at cross-purposes or spending a lot of time just trying to understand what the other party wants. Uh, That's a huge difference here. And as Guy pointed out, it really isn't about the technology that makes the difference. It's about the relationship and particularly about the trust behind the relationship. You could not do this if there wasn't trust, because if if the mayor didn't trust Cisco, uh, they'd still be talking about what it is they'd want to deploy now. They wouldn't have been able to get it done. And that makes such a huge difference. It's really a a, a massive differentiator.
0: That's a great point around the human level, the, the relationships that you build. And at the same time, The technology is part of building that trust. Security has become an issue for many organizations in recent weeks. How did you protect Torin's operations in that regard? Well,
2: you know, uh, security is embedded in everything that Cisco does. Um, Cisco does not sell, does not rent information. It is true end-to-end encryption. Um, and that gives uh, the, the customer, in this case, the, the city of Turin, uh, tremendous confidence that they can hold their, um, their council meetings, uh, their government meetings, that they can interface with the citizenry uh, and know that they're, they're not going to be bombed. They're not going to, uh, to have interference or uh, unwanted listeners or participants. Uh, it is—it's um, uh, just an assurance, and it goes back to that notion of trust. Um, customers trust Cisco and trust Cisco equipment and services, and that's been a tremendous um, agility advantage for us um, as as we've helped them respond to uh, the demands
1: uh, of the new COVID world.
0: Anything to add on security, Rob?
1: Sure, we can talk about security. the. the One of the interesting things with regard to this COVID-19 event is that apparently we have an awful lot of people at home with not a lot to do. And their new hobby is to breach uh, corporate security or or drop in. uh, The latest term is Zoom bombing, but drop in on on, uh, video conferences that weren't secured and do inappropriate things. Um, And, of course, if you're doing that in a municipality, particularly in the EU where where the regulations are surrounding privacy, are fairly strong, you're probably going to run into fairly significant problems with regard to the regulatory agencies who, who have a nasty habit of discovering new heights with regard to fines. So, the, so and, it, and it's appropriate because it, it, the thing is, is you're, ta- you're talking to your citizens, you're talking to your council, uh, you're talking to people that are scared half to death. You don't want somebody bre- breaching in and, and disrupting that communication because it, it would disrupt trust between the agencies. So the end result is is having an enterprise class system in place, a, a system that was designed from the ground up to be secure and yet still easy to use, became very critical of this particular solution.
0: So as we've said before, throughout this crisis, the cities and the organizations that have digitized the most have managed the best. How will that influence thinking and strategy moving forward?
1: Cities that have done the best are the ones that made the best use of the technology that was in place. They didn't fight it, and they had a vendor that had their back, not a vendor that had their pocketbook. And so the end result is is that what made this very different is Cisco had turns back. They were there not to sell product. They were there not to digitize uh, Italy. Italy was there, there to digitize themselves. They were there to help the citizens of the cities, help the citizens of the state, and and find ways to protect those people and make those people more productive. A very different goal than your typical digitization goal. A lot of times you'll get a vendor coming in, maybe they're politically connected, whatever, and they've convinced the city to deploy a bunch of technologies that aren't fully deployed and don't fundamentally work. And those cities are actually in a lot of hurt right now. So what made this different was the integration between the parties, not necessarily the technology by itself.
0: And looking to the post-pandemic future, um, what are some of the changes that you see coming you know this there'll be a lot of rethinking moving forward and hopefully some positives that will come out
1: of this as well the fact is we're, we're really rethinking how we interact in some of these old systems you'd have to have a, a a technical specialist just to make a call that was insane um so so making this stuff easy recognizing that now we have to live on it we have to evolve it and We've got uh, companies working on holoportation now. We've we've got we've got a, a variety of technologies coming in now that we recognize that this isn't going to be the exception anymore. This is going to be the rule, and we've got to get this right. So it's advancing technology at an amazing level. We're, we're starting to implement AI in this space, uh, so that so often that you can you can have a an AI moderator to make sure that people aren't committing career suicide or that help you connect and bring on board the people that need to be in the call that you may not have known about and do so automatically, uh, not to mention the fact that we mentioned security and being able to rapidly identify a threat and mitigate that threat before the audience is even aware it's occurred. So well, it, it is forced us to really rethink telecommunications in particular and, and to begin to evolve it. I think in 18 months, the kinds of tools we're seeing today won't look anything like the kinds of tools we're going to see in a year and a half. The end result of the companies of tomorrow, the cities of tomorrow, the meetings, the city city meetings of tomorrow are going to be very different than they are today. Even voting is, is, is going to have to evolve because we just can't be in large groups together and probably won't be in large groups together uh, for years to come.
0: And Guy, anything to add to Rob's thoughts on this post pandemic world that we're heading towards?
2: So I, I think that's to Rob's point. you're going to see more and more companies having gone through this realize so much business can be conducted and conducted well and productively um, over uh, virtual technologies over collaboration technologies that they never would have considered before and and you raised another interesting question around uh, you know what's it going to be like post-covid um the the um the response To the sorts of of calamities and pandemics that are are sure to come, uh, it's going to be a much different experience next time because we've been through this. Um, You know, we've got projects that we're working on, not just connecting nursing homes, but also um, connecting uh, court systems so that people can have justice meted out over uh, in a virtual way. We're working right now actively on voting systems that can be adopted around the world so that you can have incredibly secure productive votes uh, virtually. Um, All the way to in the Netherlands we're working on a project connecting all of the assets for pandemic response from number of beds to personnel to equipment like ventilators uh, and respirators, um, the sorts of things that have been such a problem this time will not be a problem the next time because of what we've learned and
1: implemented here. And things like robotics and telepresence are are, are kind of coming from the, from science fiction and they're dropping into into real life. It, it is it is quite amazing the amount of technology that that is now being focused on just keeping people safe and secure. And I think it's going to lead to a a better world, but only if we maintain our, our facial contact, our communications, and, and really feel like we're part of something. One other thing I'm noticing is, you know, uh, even in large companies, because of this, uh, employees are actually seeing their CEOs much more often than they ever did before. They're seeing their, their top executives, they're actually feeling more engaged in many cases than they did when they were actually on site. We're fixing problems we didn't even know we had. So. I think there's a very good chance this new world we're going into might actually be a better world than the one we're in.
0: We're going through this tragedy. It's unprecedented in so many ways, but there will be some positives.
1: We're, we're, we're learning some things that I think we probably should have already learned, but sometimes it's better late than never.
2: Necessity is the mother of invention.
0: This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco TechBeat. My very special thanks to Rob Enderley and Guy Dietrich for a great discussion and here's hoping that your city or community stays smart and safe. If you'd like to hear more Cisco Tech Beat podcasts, subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. And feel free to leave a comment. We'd love to start a discussion.